Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, Super Achievers. This episode is part of a very special series I have curated for you. Your level of emotional intelligence is one of the most significant contributors to your success in life, however you choose to define success for you. In my emotional intelligence workshops, I use the EQI 2.0 model to help professionals and leaders assess how they are doing in self-perception, self-expression, interpersonal relationships, decision-making, and stress management, the main areas of the model. The model contains 15 competencies grouped into each of the areas I just mentioned. You can learn more about the model at mhs.com. So what is so special about this series? Each episode is a deep dive into a competency from the model with an expert who provides you with strategies for improving your emotional intelligence. In this episode, Brian Price tells us about assertiveness and how to balance between being passive and aggressive. Brian is director of the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall and founder of Top Mental Game a company that helps high school and college athletes, coaches, and teams to help them perform at their best when it matters the most. Welcome, Brian. Thank you for joining us again. Hi, Christina. Thanks for having me. Now, for those listeners that maybe didn't hear the episode on self-regard, can you share a little bit about your background? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was born and bred uh, along the Jersey Shore. Uh, I grew up in a place called Seagirt, New Jersey. And then I went to the United States Military Academy, uh, commonly known as West Point for my undergrad. I played baseball there. And for those of you that are familiar with the military academies, you have to go serve in the Army uh, upon graduation. And then when I graduated, I was commissioned as an aviation officer. So I flew the Apache Longbow, which is the Army's premier attack helicopter for the first half of my career. The Army then sent me to Stanford University to get a PhD in political science. And I spent the second half of my military career teaching at West Point um, at a place called the Combating Terrorism Center. While there, I should also probably mention, I have operational experience in Iraq and Afghanistan. And then when I hit 2018 and my 20-year mark, my wife said, it's time to retire. (laughs) So I retired as lieutenant colonel and then started up a four-year leadership program at Seton Hall University here in New Jersey called the Bucino Leadership Institute. And then I also started a side business called Top Mental Game that I work with athletes and business leaders in order to help them perform at their best when it matters the most. So that's my background. Awesome. And you already did a great, uh, uh, great information for uh, self-regard. So let's go into assertiveness. So what is assertiveness in particular? I know a lot of people think that they're being aggressive when they actually probably are not even being assertive. So what is assertiveness? So again, I'll stick with the kind of EQI's definition here, what they talk about. They talk about assertiveness being your ability to put your needs, thoughts, and opinions out into the world, even when doing so invites opposition or conflict or causes you to make a particular stand. And so I think where we see this show up with people, um, let's probably talk about the low side first, and then we can potentially talk about the high side, is on the low side, 
in the self-regard discussion, we talked a little bit about imposter syndrome and, and how that might uh, impact. And so I think those that have low assertiveness are probably likely candidates for suffering from imposter syndrome, uh, that feeling like you do not belong, that you're going to get found out, that you don't deserve the things that you have achieved. You also see this show up in terms of uh, introverted people, very shy. At its worst, when you are on the low side of assertiveness, you can also seem as though you're uncommitted or not fully bought into the group project. Also, at its worst, you can be perceived as weak. And I think those are kind of two painful things. Yeah. I think there are two major types, though, that we're talking when you have low assertiveness here. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of us, I think, can relate to a a lack of assertiveness when it comes to that introverted, quiet, shy side. Yeah. But I also believe it shows up in terms of people that are afraid to say no. Um, And I put those people in like the people pleasing category. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you are shy, quiet, inverted, but it it could also mean that you will never stand up for yourself. And that in moments where you're trying to people please and people are asking you to do, you know, things that you don't want to do, you just kind of give in and say, yes, you find it difficult to say no to people. Yeah. And it's funny, I'm laughing because that was actually what I was just going to ask you. What about people pleasing? What what would you say to the person that says, well, I don't think low assertiveness is a problem because I'm, I'm helping others. What are your thoughts on that? I've heard that before. Oh, 100%. Um, and I think that is, that is a challenge because at some level, um, if you are a people pleaser, you do derive some benefit or pleasure uh, from making other people feel happy. But where I usually start with when I, when I coach people on this, I, I usually start with what do they want? What are they hoping to get out of their job or their life? And if they talk to me a lot about, um, let's just say, uh, spending time with their family and being a great uh, wife or husband, and then they tell me that they can't say no to their boss, and so they're working on weekends and those sorts of things, I'll bring them back to where we started, which is, wait, I think you know when we started this discussion, you said you wanted to be a great husband, father. And if you are constantly saying yes and doing things for other people you're not taking care of what you said was important. Yeah. The other thing I, I argue, uh, this is from a leadership effectiveness standpoint, I start with the basics that say, you can't lead others until you can lead yourself. And so if you want to start and be an effective leader, well, then it has to start with managing and being the CEO, what I call being the CEO of your own time. Yeah. Um, you own it and you know, you know how like the most effective ways to use your time. And I bet you that for the people pleasers that are constantly saying yes, they're probably saying yes to a lot of things that are taking time away from what they really want. Yep. Whatever they're saying yes to, they're saying no to something else. Correct. (laughs) So uh, do we have different um, maybe strategies for the different types of the different reasons people aren't assertive or is it across the board strategies? So I, I think for these, we might split them in two. I think the, why don't we start with where we left off, which was the people that find it difficult to say no. Okay. You know, I do think it's a helpful drill to, ha- to remind them of their wh- what they want and to make sure that those two things are aligned. Uh, the other thing, I'm sure you've heard this before, but this has been helpful for me because I sometimes have difficulty saying uh, no to my bosses and those sorts of things is put things on a scale of one to 10. And for projects that come along that don't float your boat or are not just going to get you super jazzed, let those go and be able to, you know, and practice saying no. 
only do those projects that are like the the hell yes, yeah, <laughs> for lack of a, a term, it. right? You know, like <laughs> the the nine or tens on that list, as yeah. opposed to, well, doing this would give me a six or a five. Well, don't do those. And I think if most of these people pleasers looked at their uh, where most of those opportunities fit on that chart, there's probably a lot of middle middle range stuff that they wouldn't want to do. Uh, number two is I think you have to see assertiveness like a skill or a muscle, just like anything else. And if you want to improve your assertiveness or increase your assertiveness, well, then you have to exercise that muscle. You wouldn't say you want to uh, develop bigger pecs or lats and not go to the gym and perform exercises that are going to do that. And so I think for those that are trying to increase their assertiveness, one of those ways is to find those low risk, low threat areas where you can start practicing saying no. And that might be with your family. That might be with your best friend that wants to go to a movie that you don't want to go see. No. And just so practice <laughs> saying no and uh-huh. getting your, your voice out there. It's going to feel super awkward. Just like when you lift weights for the first time and you're really, you're poor and you're going to be really sore afterwards. Give yourself some grace. You know, we talked about growth mindset in the self-regard section. So I think that's also kind of applicable here, but treat it like it's a, a muscle. That's number one. Number two, and this is what I tell students all the time, because by the way, when we coach our students, assertiveness is one of the top competencies in the EQI that students want to work on. Oftentimes, and we talked about imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome affects high performers. It also disproportionately affects women. More than two thirds of my program is women. And so this pops up uh, quite frequently. Although I too, I personally have had issues with assertiveness. And so what I do for them is I say, I want you to treat boardroom engagements or classroom engagements or meetings like a prize fighter. And so understand your strengths and understand your weaknesses. If you are an introverted person who you know has a filter, but has a difficult time asserting your opinion into things, view that boardroom meeting like a prize fighter. And what I mean by that is there's different types of fighters. There are some fighters that try to win by throwing as many punches as possible and high volume. In my opinion, those are the extroverts in the room that have no filter. And so <laughs> when they will lob all their opinions out there, not all of them are going to be good. Nope. And so if you throw, if they say 20 things in an hour long meeting, I'm talking about the extroverts at this point, maybe only two or three of those punches will land, will, will be of quality. Whereas I say for those that are introverted and maybe struggling with assertiveness, you are the counterpuncher. You're not going, I, I don't think it's realistic to ask an introverted person with low assertiveness to then flip some magical switch and then come in and be the extrovert. So I say, no, own your strengths. You are you know, highly intelligent you're, uh, and, and when you open your mouth, people will listen. So you may not throw 20 punches in a round, you might throw only two. But you need to throw those two punches. They need to be well timed, and you need to hit. You know, whereas the the max puncher can like miss eighty <laughs> percent of the time. If you only open your up your mouth two or three times in a in an hour long meeting, it better be high quality, and it can still be impactful. So I, I, I tell them to kind of uh, approach it like that. Otherwise, I think that, uh, and this is where the downsides of low assertiveness come in to play. One of the things that we do in our in our classes at Seton Hall is we really believe in peer feedback. 
And so one of the programs that we have splits students up into 10 interdisciplinary teams. When I say interdisciplinary, I mean purely interdisciplinary. Two business students, two arts and science students, a nurse, a diplomat, a teacher, all on a semester-long project. Oh, cool. And what's interesting is at the end, we ask students to evaluate each other based off of their performance. And we ask them to rank order each person in that group from one to 10. So if there's 10 kids in a group, who is the most impactful at number one? Who is the least impactful at 10? And that is serious feedback that they're getting that can be, you know, depending upon how you take it. And I think what I've seen from a lot of my introverted students that have low assertiveness, the feedback that they get oftentimes is, I wish they would have spoken up more. Mm -hmm. He always says something intelligent when he speaks, but I wish there was more of it. And what you find also in those cases is the low, the, the introverted, low assertive folks, people mistake you being quiet for you not caring. Yeah. And that is the opposite of what those people want to happen. I, I think another technique is to gamify. And so um, for, so when you go into a meeting and you have you already know you have problems with assertiveness, come up with a goal of how many times you're going to in- inject and try to meet that goal. And again, it's like a muscle. The more you do it, uh, I, I think the better that you'll you'll get. The last piece that I think, which is a great way, and you hit the nail on the head earlier when you brought up people that they are people pleasers because they want to help people. And so one of the ways that I get athletes and business leaders out of their own heads in this regard is to put all of their focus on others. So this might be like, what are you talking about? Well, <laughs> I'm intrigued. <laughs> if you want to help people, then you being quiet isn't helping anybody. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so my thing is like, so put your your own ego aside of you caring and worrying about looking foolish in front of others and put out your opinions and, and claiming your stake on things that are important to you, not for you, but for the betterment of the team, for the betterment of others. Um, it also works for when you talk about what's really important to people. And so uh, if people like say family members, uh, like if you have a family, let's take a, a, a mother that has a um, husband and three kids. And she goes into work, she has problems with assertiveness. I say, would you speak up if your kid's dinner depended on it that night? Mama bear. And of course, yeah. Like, (laughs) and when those things pop out, you know, whether you're a mom or a dad, it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, of course. So get out of your own head and try to do do these things for, for, for others. And I think, again, like a muscle, once you, once you exercise it over and over, you get better at it. Yeah. Nice. Now, what about those times where people maybe are being a little too assertive (laughs) or have a tendency to be too assertive? Yeah, this is where I love the EQI and these competencies because both can be damaging. Yes. The one question that I always ask, and I didn't say this in the self-regard session, so I'm glad I have an opportunity now, is with any of these competencies, wherever you score on the EQI, I would ask yourself, is my score where it needs to be in order for me to be most effective at my job? Mm. And in some cases, you might have a low self-regard, I'm sorry, a low self-assertiveness, and it may not negatively impact your work. On the flip side, you could be very high on assertiveness. And guess what? It might not be great for your job. People are like, what are you talking about? I say, well, could you imagine if you were like, 
north of 130 on the EQI. For those not listening, it's like 3% of the population that are <laughs> in, that, in that range. And you are on the high side of assertiveness and you were a kindergarten teacher. Where like you are jumping down each kid's throat, you know, and not letting any word uh, get a word in edgewise. No snack for like that, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the soup Nazi, yeah. right? Like, for, but for little kids and snacks, you would not be a very effective uh, kindergarten teacher. And I would say the same thing on the extreme other side. If you let kids walk all over you and you don't have you have low assertiveness, that's not a model to uh, either. So for the individuals that are on the high side. I think it's just the opposite uh, advice that I would give. So before you speak in a boardroom or before you want to put your thoughts in there, have some exercise, some tactical patience. And I know for a lot of CEOs uh, that are score high in, in direction and assertiveness, they want to fire first and fire often. Yeah. And I, you know, and when you do that in a team environment, I think that can kill the creativity and yeah. the participation from members the of your culture. team. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So my thing is like, you know, I've, I've had bosses who I know want to just get their thing out there, but they will let everyone on the team speak, you know, before they, uh, you know, before they render their opinion or, or throw their stuff in there. So I would say if you're on the high side, you know, it sounds silly, but count to 10, count to five, like, you know, ask yourself, you know, if I say something now, what are the, what is the impact going to be on the, on the rest of my team? So that's probably good advice. Well, I love that tactical patience. <laughs> well, military terminology yes, I love it. Uh, thrown in. All right. So while we were talking, something else came up for me. Um, what advice do you have for those that are working on improving their assertiveness when they come up? I wouldn't say against when they um, maybe well, let's say just come up against someone who is very high assertive and they're having trouble asserting themselves. I know it'd probably be similar, but is there anything additional strategies you would add to that? That's a tough one when you're talking about it people is. coming at the, at the opposite ends of the spectrum. Well, when we're talking about assertiveness, I also think um, one technique is to understand how let's say this was a boss employee scenario. Yeah, that's what I was thinking um, about. <laughs> you know, which is probably probably the most common yeah. dynamic that this is going to take place in. And I would say that there are other places, you know, so how does your boss like to receive information? And verbal communication is one level of assertiveness, but there's also, you know, like I had a boss that you could not talk to this guy before 9 a.m. Like... <laughs> He wanted to come into his office at 7.30 and tackle his emails and do all that stuff, but he did not want to be, you know, um, and he was very assertive about it. Mm -hmm. So I realized that like, okay, if he's reading emails and I can't just go in and give him my opinion on something, but if I shot him an email or I left a <laughs> sticky note or something, uh -huh. you know, there's there's other ways of getting your, your voice out there. Um, the second thing is I, I would not let any one interaction or even multiple interactions make you feel less than that your opinion is is invalid or uh, or is 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 not valued. You just have to understand and this is where I think when you do coach EQI, you have taken the assessment, you not only learn about yourself, but you also learn how to identify these things in other people. And so you learn it maybe not to take it as personal. Nice. Well and two, I think uh, some of the recommendations you made for increasing your self-regard work as well, like making sure you have that support group, you know, making sure you're aware of how you're responding. And I love the idea of getting creative and how you assert to them essentially. 
Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think for those of you that are out there that only heard the assertiveness uh, version of this podcast, I think you'll find similarities and maybe some complementary things in, yeah. in there uh, too. So uh, I'm biased, but I think you should listen to both of them. Of course. Go back and right <laughs> now, I'm going to assert that. No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There you go. So for our listeners to learn more about you and what you do, your products and services, uh, could you share a little bit about that? Absolutely. So I coach business leaders and athletes on the mental game. And then uh, my company is called Top Mental Game. And so I'm on all the socials just using that exact handle, Top Mental Game. If you want to learn more, you can go to topmentalgame.com uh, to learn about uh, working with me. I also, for those of you that have uh, either your R students or you are a family that has college age students, I run a leadership institute at Seton Hall University called the Bucino Leadership Institute. We also have programming for leadership and professional development, talking about a lot of these same concepts. By the way, in an upcoming course in Leadership 101, uh, you'll be able to actually take the EQI uh, free of charge um, in that course as well. So if you're interested in that, it's www.shu.edu backslash leadership. And hopefully you can put that in the show notes. Oh, yes. I love that you do that for your students too, because uh, the EQI is a, is a great assessment that people can learn more about themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So what is your final piece of advice on assertiveness for our listeners? No regrets. Hmm. The thing there is, I don't know if you or your audience, if you've ever heard to somebody called Gary Vaynerchuk, yep. who Gary um, v, talks, right? <laughs> Gary V, exactly. And so he talks about, he would go to nursing homes sometimes and talk to the people that are at the nursing home and ask them, what were their you know biggest life's regrets? And they never would come up with things that they've done that they regretted doing. It's always the things that you know, you regret not doing. Yeah. And, and so when it comes to assertiveness, I feel like if you are on the low side, think about what your life is going to be like at the end and looking back. And I think that that might ho hopefully give you a little motivation to get over that hump and to take action when you don't want to do it. Yeah. Oh, I love that perspective change. Yeah. Oh, cool. Thank you so much for joining us today, Brian. Awesome. Thanks, Christina. To learn more about Brian, visit his website at topmentalgame.com. Have you ever been trapped by aliens in a military bunker, locked in a coffin, or had to save humanity from an outbreak of the zombie virus? The Escape Leads have. Learn about how to have fun while developing yourself at escapeleads.com. That's escape, L-E-T-E-S dot com. 